Hi, everybody. Welcome to HMH Agency's Future of Transportation podcast. I'm John Halpin, and on this show, we host a regular series of chats with experts in the transportation industry. This episode is going to be a little different. Usually there's one guest. As you can see, if you're watching, we have three guests here today to discuss transportation issues, some of them related to the federal government's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, or IIJA, which is what I'm going to use for the rest of the show because that full name is a mouthful. It was passed in November 2021. Joining me today, first, Jason John Michael, Assistant Director of the Austin, Texas Transportation Department. How are you doing, Jason? Doing great, John. Um, Rob Silverberg, Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer for State and Local Government at Dell Technologies. Thanks for being here, Rob. Thanks for having me, John. Looking forward to it. Me too. And Sajid Khan, Senior Director of Business Strategy and Marketing for the Smart Cities and Transportation Group at Intel. Sajid, thank you for joining us. And I want to uh, thank you for this because the idea for this podcast started when my HMH colleagues and I talked with you about an upcoming ebook from Intel that relates to the IIJA. Can you give us a quick sneak preview of what's going to be in that? Yeah, yeah. So um, as you air this, the ebook should actually be available. Uh, and you'll be able to find it first on LinkedIn and subsequently on Intel.com, and we're hoping to sort of socialize it more broadly. Uh, so as you as you mentioned, John, um, the infrastructure bill, November 15th, got passed into law, and as those of us that are in the cities and transportation space sort of looked at it, it's like, wow, this is sort of a, yeah. you know, I, I think the official word was once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Many of us looked at it, agreed. We were like, you know, it's certainly a once-in-a-career opportunity. Uh, so we we had a conversation uh, with a few folks, both external and internal, uh, decided to gather up uh, some pertinent information regarding the uh, the technology components of what what is uh, possible with the infrastructure bill. Uh, so sort of the core idea, and and we're we're calling the ebook the uh, the IIJA sort of ebook transportation edition because there's pieces of IIJA that are not transportation, but about roughly half of it is. Uh, so what we are hoping to attempt to do with it is is convey this this idea that uh, infrastructure is not a static thing. Uh, it changes over time, and that today infrastructure is both physical and digital. Uh, and we're moving on from there, and just to make it sort of as practical as 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 useful as possible to cities, to transportation entities, we have a list of about a hundred plus uh, transportation related solutions in the spend areas that IIJA is focused on. Okay. Um, all right, so we're going to dig into this a little deeper, and, and the IJA for for everyone, it, you know, there's there's plenty of online resources. I'm not going to share screens because a lot of you are just listening, but it it addresses roads and bridges and power infrastructure and passenger and freight rail and broadband and drinking water. I mean, it's kind of I don't want to say it's all over the place, but there are a lot of uh, a, a lot of layers to it, a lot of different elements. Um, which, for, from a transportation standpoint, Rob, I'm going to let you go first. What transportation sectors do you think could stand to benefit most from from uh, federal investment? Um, you know, there, like I said, this, there's there's a wide variety of things that this uh, bill addresses. What do you think kind of are the sweet spots for for what could be helped the most? Sure. Uh, let me start with some definitions to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. So there's uh, departments of transportation at the state level, the uh, local level as well primarily focused on uh, transportation infrastructure, roads and bridges, um, things that make the, the city run, uh, traffic signals, all that good stuff. Then there's also transit, 
and transit is a major part of transportation. You've got buses, you've got rail, you've got all the different transit systems that operate in, in the community. And then you've also got airports as well as a transportation means. So if you look across the spectrum of departments of transportation, transit agencies, airports, I think every every uh, group within this broader transportation landscape can benefit from IIJA. However, I'll say that right now, if you look at transit, they're very focused on technology and how technology can improve the way bus systems operate, rail systems operate. I think airports are also very eager to take on innovative technologies. And where I think we need to make the most, uh, I would say, impact is with uh, the infrastructure side of it, the departments of transportation that could build you know, a, a street, a highway or a bridge, or they could build a smart connected digital street, highway or bridge. So the biggest opportunity is that moving from standard uh, steel and, and concrete to uh, connected and in connected and intelligent infrastructure. So, Jason, I think that tees you right up to uh, based on what Rob said uh, of how, the, you know, the city of Austin, where you are, could potentially benefit. What what about, let's say, what he said? Um, it kind of rings a bell in your head and thinks, yeah, that's something that that's going to really be helped here. Absolutely. Thank you, John. And <clears throat> thank you, Rob and Sajid for getting us to this point. But yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of potential uh, opportunity, right? Um, and across all, all landscapes within transportation, and it doesn't just involve transportation, you got to look at what transportation does uh, to a city, right? As, as a city grows, um, you know, transportation in a lot of ways, roads, bridges to connect new neighborhoods, um, to restitch old neighborhoods, to bring things back together again from, you know, an era of transportation planning that that maybe not a, was not as equitable as it was in, in the beginning. And, you know, this, so when I look at IAJ as a city uh, of Austin executive, what I see is I see everything that, that, that we just mentioned, but I see new things, new things that are from old reauthorizations that I've seen in my 30 years of working in this part of transportation. And that is the level of human-centered focus related to some of the other um, qualifying factors of how you would get access to this, this particular money. And to me, that is really the, the once-in-a-lifetime pivotal shift that's happening with how our federal government is looking to, to invest in this. Um, and let's be honest, uh, of the sizable amount that it is, it, it still doesn't cover every funded need out there, right? Um, the money is there to really help provide the the needed momentum to get us moving into what I call transportation 4.0, or getting okay. us to a point where we're using technology in addition to the physical environment to create that cyber physical connection so that we can do a lot more with the limited resources that we have. Cities, different departments of transportation continue to deal with workforce issues. Um, and we're seeing a need to, to, to be more sophisticated with the way that we go about delivering our services to the public. In fact, part of it, if you'll notice, is about understanding how transportation, for instance, is not necessarily utility, but needs to be a consumer or customer focused mm -hmm. uh, solution for, for, our, for our nation. And so because why? Uh, transportation users tend to use a system and not really have a, a a a connection, right? A relationship with the provider in order to sustainably and responsibly use those those assets. But customers, on the other hand, customers give us the opportunity to do that. And then, lastly, I would say is that don't forget about all the communications uh, components within right. uh, AJA. Um, 
you know, I don't want to spoil anybody's uh, stuff, but think about the fact that of what happened over the last two years. And I would definitely say that communications is the next, if not the last mode of transportation. Uh, Sajid, I'm going to let you go from there. I mean, you know, that that's a really interesting point that that Jason made about, you know, the when you think about infrastructure, it's you know, you, you talked about the. The, the physical and digital, I think it was, was the phrase you used possibly at that. Yeah. And, and you think of infrastructure, it's like, you know, bridges, roads and, you know, train tracks and stuff like that. And that's kind of old school, but, you know, we've kind of moved into a different realm here and communication and like, you know, broadband things like that are a big factor, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, just going back to your, a little bit of your previous question as well, the bill is kind of broken up into what they're describing in the bill. And there's a lot of third party, uh, you know, just analyses of the bill. It's it's a lot of pages. So I think most of us know that. Know that. Uh, but it's broken up into transportation, surface transportation and core infrastructure. And the transportation elements that Rob and Jason are alluding to, and I've got a couple of numbers handy here. It's uh, 1.2 trillion is the total bill, 571 billion is what we're talking about for transportation over 10 years, right? And uh, per, uh, you know, we, uh, while I was in Austin, we w uh, went into a Pete Buttigieg sort of keynote, town hall style, town hall style keynote at South by Southwest. And his perspective was that, you know, this summer is when we'll start seeing, you know, construction and real stuff starting to happen, but this is a 10-year cycle. And to Jason's point, you know, there's so much that needs to happen. You know, this is a fantastic opportunity, but but uh, it's a big country as well. Uh, now, with regards to the physical and digital, John, that you were talking about, right, uh, this, this is very true, right? So digital technologies uh, have evolved so, so much, so fast, you know, in the last uh, 50 years, 30 years, 10 years, Three years, right? So you've got you've got IoT, you've got uh, you've got five uh, uh, G, um, uh, cloud, AI, the combination of all these technologies, right? That go into products from companies like Dell, that then get stitched together uh, by 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 Dell, by by system integrators, by cities, etc. That's what, uh, in our estimation, will deliver sort of that those those outcomes that we're all looking for. So the physical part is is absolutely uh, uh, necessary. That's going to be the lion's share of the spend, right? Highways, bridges, airports, railways, all these all these fantastic things. But a layer uh, of digital technology will drive the outcomes that that I think Jason started to allude to. Okay. Um, Jason, I want to go back to you because I was going to ask about, you know, the the but the principles that might guide the investments here, and you talked about. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, speak out of turn here. Human focused, sort sort of basically a more. You know, making sure that it's targeted to the people who need to receive it. Was that a good way of putting that? Can you can you expand on that a little bit? Very good way of putting that. Certainly, I mean, you know, in a lot of times and in the history, I would say of looking at transportation engineering as a whole, we 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 definitely make sure to keep the. The human in mind, but there's been a traditional focus on on the asset, right? On on how we how we deliver the asset for for people to use, um, without maybe understanding all the time, especially as things have changed, um, how human behavior and what their needs are, and making sure that we're we're finding ways to make sure that the assets are helping those needs. And, and so it's just simple human centered design. It sounds simple on on in concept. 
But then putting it into action, I think, is where it gets really interesting as far as how do you go into a particular community that may have been disproportionately affected by by previous transportation projects that have a, a not the level of trust that you would expect with the government of, of how um, they have missed out on opportunities. How do you go into those communities and help them? Because that's where the IHA is really focused, right? We see that in, 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 the, in the act and in the bill. So the methodologies of doing this require cities. It requires municipal effort to get that close, right? A lot of people, will, when they have a problem in our, in our tra transportation system, they do not call up one of my two senators in the state of Texas. They call up one of my council members. And so I think it's important to understand that that cities play an incredibly important role in helping the entire community and communities around the nation move together with this. We can't do it just with government and private sector and infrastructure. We need everyone out there to understand something that one of my mentors once told me. Everyone out there needs to understand their their spatial and temporal impact on the transportation system. Think of yourself like a packet in a network. Are you, are you creating a broadcast storm and creating issues in that network? Or are you being a meaningful packet moving through that network in a most appropriate manner? Okay. So Jason, you are, you, you mentioned the different sectors weighing in. You're in the public sector. Um, Rob and Sajid, you're in the private sector. Rob, how do you see your company and other companies helping deliver on the promise of the IAJA and the stuff that Rob, that, that Jason talked about? Great question. Um, let me start with um, the, the infrastructure aspect of it, the, the roads and the bridges, the, the traffic signals. Uh, there's already been a move to start getting these, uh, these standard uh, say assets, as, as Jason calls them, um, connected. So uh, as you rebuild a road or rebuild a bridge, you start to lay fiber and you start to lay that connectivity, whether that be full conduit along the side of a highway, or whether that be microtensioning uh, in a neighborhood or in a, in a city like, like Austin. So connectivity is a first piece. Um, and then the second piece is once you have that connectivity, which could be you know, based on a fiber backbone, but potentially also wireless in nature, leveraging modern 5G technologies, leveraging high-speed connectivity that allows you to do uh, new and different things. And then you look at, how you're going to make them more intelligent. And the more intelligent side is where we're leaning in, if you will, uh, by putting more compute resources at the edge of the network, out in the environment, you can actually process sensor data in real time and react more rapidly to changing conditions as they occur. So uh, take the, a, a common scenario. You've got an intersection in, in the city and there's a traffic accident. How quick can you respond to that traffic accident? How quick can you be notified with what that traffic accident is? And how can you bring the right resources from the city to alleviate both the congestion and potentially any injured people? So that intelligence and that edge compute can give us, uh, I would say, a lot of advantages in this new connected transportation model. So where Dell is leaning in, where Intel is leaning in, is we're trying to provide that edge intelligence as well as the analytics capabilities to give cities like Austin new insights. Okay. Uh, Sajid, can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Like where, where Intel, for instance, might fit in uh, with something like that? Sure, sure, absolutely. So I would agree with everything Rob said first mm -hmm. off, right? Uh, these are the types of opportunities. These are the types of things that will that will 
create the change we're looking to create. Now, in terms of Intel as a company, we're at a different uh, sort of we're, we're in a different stage of the sort of the value chain, if you will, right? So we are an ingredient supplier. So the the CPUs, the silicon that you find in Dell boxes and servers, gateways, uh, all these different 5G, all these different capabilities, that's where we play. So we, we, we've we sort of prided ourselves on um, a horizontal business model, right? So open standards, which is uh, for, for those of the listeners that may not be like technologists, all that means is that, you know, the widgets that we create work, work seem or we attempt to kind of make them all work seamlessly one with the other as they come together, right? So, so there's open standards, they're kind of modular, it's a building block style approach. Uh, there's uh, end-to-end security that, that we try to really focus on to, to make these, these solutions, uh, you know, secure. Uh, and then there's the ecosystem of partners, right? Uh, Dell's a, a great, great partner for many, many years. Uh, but we have, you know, to if if Dell's looking for support with ISVs, uh, software players, or or from uh, a uh, uh, an entity that can go deploy stuff to augment maybe some of the capability there, right? So all of these things, bringing that together with Intel building blocks uh, inside these these products. Uh, is is a key piece of what we are looking to do. Now, beyond that, we do collaborate around around solutions, around kind of making all this come together. Uh, but that's that's sort of where where Intel is coming from. I'm an Intel guy. You got the logo behind me, so I got to talk about Moore's law. It's just one of those yeah. things that we have to do. So Moore's law is this notion of you know every so often, I think 18 months or so, your capability doubles, and and that's that's at the core of you know a lot of innovation. We believe, right? There's obviously a lot of other things that need to happen the uh, the systems the software all those types of things but that is still a pivotal piece of it that we're bringing into the mix and we are leaning in just from a understanding of what can be done working with city officials working hand in hand with Dell to to bring other ideas together as well okay so I'm gonna go off script just a little bit um, if you three guys were going to work together on something that you know, an investment from this bill that could benefit the city of Austin. How does it work? Does Jason go to Rob, who then goes to Sajid, or does like who who initiates the "Hey, here's what we should do" kind of thing? Uh, Jason, I'll let you take that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it starts, you know, and and again, I think it starts with making sure that we're having open conversations, open standards yields, open collaboration, right? And so having the, that open collaboration about what the city needs, and we're doing that today, right? Um, uh, as as we were talking before before the podcast, you know, both Rob and Sajid, uh, we have a relationship. We're working on pilots together in the city of Austin today. Uh, and that's part of it, right, is understanding what the capabilities of the next generation technologies are going to be, having a partner at like like us, smart mobility office that has the the capability um, and the indoctrination by our by our uh, by our policymakers to move forward boldly and pilot new technologies so first and foremost it's about being bold and getting out there and, and trying new things and then from what we learn from trying those new things is what we as a city begin to understand how what are the next things that we need to buy um, uh, in order to support these new emerging uh, services, because this is all about delivering more service, faster, real time, and more location based to the people that that love coming and 
either visiting and working in or working in Austin. Um, and so it starts there. And then we begin to build it out over time. I, I love the way that we run our pilots with my partners here because we we have a great opportunity for us both to learn. I spent 25 years in the private sector before uh, deciding to leave that behind and come to the city of Austin to help help it uh, with this particular very very pivotal time, right? Uh, in, in any city in the United States in the world, for 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 instance, too. And so then the next steps is is we both go away and we learn from that right um my private sector partners have direct experience of seeing it work on a live environment with real people this, this is not in a lab this is not in a controlled campus or anything like that it, it's it's real world information that, that that then allows both of us to iterate our our roadmaps and our designs to to a more um collective and integrated future uh, and then it is, it does start with the cities. We, we have to set forward the policy uh, and put some resources behind that, or at least innovative delivery mechanisms with some, with some limited resources that we have in order to deliver the next generation of, of what is Web 3.0 and what will be Financial Systems 3.0. Those are the things that are those next steps towards what we're doing. I'd say that transportation is in 4.0 only because the very first transportation mode we had was if you slip down, uh, you're two feet. Uh, and so I would say that we're we're now heading into this new new era where it is enabling the edge. The edge is incredibly important to everyone. Um, none the least of which would be the people out there that both Sajid and Rob and I are trying to serve. Okay. Um, I'm trying to be mindful at time, so I'm going to go to the next question here, and I'm going to share my screen real quick. Um, I do want to chime in with just one quick comment sure. on that, John, uh, before you move on, right? Yeah. Uh, and the one quick comment is, I know we're talking about digital tech, CPUs, solutions. I do want to make make one point clear, which is this is about people. I think going back to the point that Jason was making, right? So it's it's about what does the city need, what do the people need, and and what what set of assets do we bring together, physical and digital, in order to to serve that that need, right? Yep. So I just want to make that one point clear that you know even though we are excited about it, technology, we're looking to we're deferring to the cities, to the people, to kind of make sure that this there's a fit here. Rob, go ahead. Comment as well. Yeah, I want to jump in here. It is sure. about people and it's about outcomes and it's about the outcomes that technology can bring. So, you know, the tech, the tech's not what's important. What's important is the improvements that we can make to the way traffic flows, reducing accidents, improving the way bus systems run, rail systems run. So if you focus on the outcomes and if you focus on, as Jason said, your technology partners to bring you uh, the innovations that lead to those outcomes, that's where I think that partnership works well. Because cities don't know all the solutions. They don't know all the yep. AI algorithms that could be out there. And they don't know the partnerships and the software providers and systems integrators that they should be leveraging. So that's where where my team and myself and my my and Dell can help. We we can come in with that expertise and help guide. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to share my screen. Can you guys see it? If folks folks, if if you're only listening, sorry, I'll try to sum. We're looking at a summary of the um, the IIJA spending. Um, the biggest chunk is roads and bridges. There's power infrastructure. Um, a lot of stuff here, and I know there's a lot of uh, de sub details we could go into. Um, Rob, I'm going to let you start with this. Is there anything, if you were crafting an infrastructure bill in the year 2022, is, and I don't want you, any, any of you to throw anyone under the bus, but 
is there is there stuff here that you kind of go i don't know if i would have you know does it we could have taken from point spot a and and put more into spot b gosh that's a tough question um you know one that sticks out on me as as being sort of you know uh, as a square peg in this one is you know things like drinking water and, and water storage and and how that relates to transportation is very very important definitely yep. but uh, i don't know if it falls in the right in this bucket um yeah very important things um but maybe not as transportation related as the others right J- uh jason next anything um jump out at you here good or bad well I, I think you know you look at the distribution i think that's what's really interesting i mean let's remember when the majority and this is a federal initiative so let's remember when the majority of of our asphalt and concrete ended up getting laid down right it was the eisenhower era um that was designed to for to to meet a lot of needs and uh, you know in a in a in an era of the united states where we're also trying to protect our homeland and we're using the interstate system to make up for a lot of lost time um, and and what you're what we're seeing in this is the need for that generational investment that we didn't have for a, a little while, right? And mm-hmm. when you look at roads and bridges, and if you if you if you travel in the United States, we're we're at a point where we need to reinvest in some critical infrastructure. So what I see in here, a lot of critical infrastructure components that that help um, strengthen. Our mobility system, our mobility system nationally, nationally is not just for you and I to get to Disneyland, but it's to make sure that that we can protect the homeland, right? And so what I also see in that and the reason I think that some of the water uh, elements are in there is because water has always been um, something that we need to secure better uh, and, and make sure that we're protecting in some kind of way. And so I do think that when you look at Drinking water, uh, the purification uh, of water and soil, for instance, it gets to the the equation of how are we building our infrastructure systems today? What types of non-renewable resources are we using to input into that? And ultimately, what is the carbon footprint of new infrastructure as we begin to build it? We would obviously want it to be as carbon neutral, if not negative, if we can. Um, So... If we're going to put solar on the side of interstates, how does that solar also help with indigenous species, um, you know, water reclamation, other things like that, right? Especially considering just the act of cleaning solar panels takes a decent amount of um, resources in order to clean them correctly, right? Keep the dust off of them, those kind of things. So when you look at this, I would look at it from the perspective of the distribution of money should tell you where our, our largest needs are. Got it. Sajid, you want to chime in on anything? Um, just same questions, uh, everybody else. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of quick comments, right? So uh, the 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 way the, the way this slide reads uh, is sort of a stack ranking of all the spend areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you actually look at the bill, it's chunked into transportation, surface transportation is what they're calling it, and yep. core infrastructure. So core infrastructure, broadband, drinking water, uh, water sh- uh, storage, et cetera, falls into that bucket. So it, it sort of uh, is laid out in that fashion. Now, within the um, the transportation pieces, which is what this this conversation is about, right? And where, where the spending is, where it should be, uh, I can't profess to, to be an expert or to know, right? Uh, all I know is that, uh, or from where I sit, uh, this is fantastic, right? There's, there's, uh, we've, 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 
we've all when i say we i'm using the broad you know uh the country needed an investment in, in infrastructure uh we've seen you know again going back to just how the us dot is putting this right that looking at other countries uh you know uh china or or you know many other uh, emerging nations i think china there's a data point from 1998 that we well, we stumbled across as we were looking at stuff and there was a it was a new york times quote uh that talked about uh, 15 to 18 percent investment in infrastructure leads to eight percent gdp growth per year right so if you look at these data points if you look at you know uh, the intent behind this, right? Delivering all these outcomes with uh, with equity, right? Um, I think this is great. What what I think we, th there's also a lot of, I think, I believe, sort of, you know, flexibility and unknowns in terms of how to spend the money, right? I don't mean to say unknowns like we don't know what we're doing, but uh, it's more <laughs> like, you know, hey, what what exa how exactly do you want to spend that money on roads and bridges, right? Where do you want to spend it? And this is where, you know, Jason John Michael is going to be kind of thinking about these things. And what I, where I think Rob and I and folks like us is a broad private sector, right? Uh, it, it would it is our responsibility, I think, in part to kind of convey the art of the possible with regards to physical infrastructure and digital infrastructure. And what are the outcomes, as Rob was talking about, I think that's a great way to put it. What are the outcomes that could be better delivered through snapping these two things together? Okay, so so next, to, to piggyback on that, Rob, do you think that, like I, like I said earlier, it's kind of going from you know old school to new school maybe. From what you've seen of this bill and just in, in infrastructure investment in general, is it tech focused enough? Because, I mean, you're all I mean, you and Sajid are in the technology business and, and, and Jason, you, you are, too, really, that, you know, you, you, you to, to do things right, you have to be. So, Rob, what do you think? So I think uh, the bill left it open in terms of how the city wants to use this funding, how the state, how the county wants to use this funding. I think it's open enough that they can use it uh, for smart connected infrastructure or just standard infrastructure. And I think our message is that the bill gives them the, them the flexibility to, to use it for tech or not. And it's up to the city councils, it's up to the mayors, the, the state legislatures, the county councils to decide whether they want to you know, rebuild the highway from 1952 or rebuild the highway <laughs> for you know, 2050. And, and we're encouraging them to start looking forward and start thinking about, as Michael said, the, you know, transportation 4.0, where that, you know, standard, you know, steel and concrete is not where we need going forward. And the flexibility is in the bill to do that. Okay. Jason, do you agree with that? I do. I, I think that, you know, it's the first time that we've seen something this unique, I think, in a bill too. Like, like usually they're extremely formulaic. And what we have this time is, a level of intentionality around outcomes mm -hmm. um, and a level of openness. We've talked about openness and flexibility, the openness and flexibility for states, regions, communities to be able to leverage this, uh, this funding to, to get started with this very generational change that has to happen. It's not like infrastructure changes overnight. And so what we're trying to do with this bill is really set in motion this transformation that has to happen in the transportation system. So Robin uh, chatting with it regionally with our regional partners here in Austin and, and surrounding communities for a while. Um, the, 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 the focus, I think, uh, from per the perspective of 
giving each community, whether you're, you're, you know, Abilene, Texas or Austin, Texas, the ability to, to leverage that for, for the outcomes that are, that are most intended. And that is the difference though. If you look at the outcomes and there's an intentionality around um, fixing disparities, creating an equitable transportation system and beginning to really move towards a sustainable model uh, of that transportation system. We have to find a way to get off the non-point source pollution and, and save our planet. And transportation system is, is quite honestly, those tailpipes are, are part of that. Saja, do you think, uh, to, to something Rob said earlier, it, it's it's open-ended. Is that a fair statement and, and allows for an, a, enough technology investment? Uh, so I would agree with with uh, Rob's uh, positioning there. Again, let's let's just focus on the transportation bits because the core infrastructure, some of it is um, deliberately just broadband, for example, is digital, right? Yeah. But on the transportation side of it, uh, it is open ended. It's subject to interpretation and to the point I think that Jason was making, the outcomes, the intentionality of what what we want to deliver. But if we go back to the way uh, that you know the USDOT and other leaders are talking about this, right? Uh, there's safety outcomes that that they're looking to drive. If you look at, you know, this concept uh, of vision zero, right? There's like 46,000 people that die on US highways today, right? If yep. you want to drive that down to quote zero, vision zero, right? Uh, that almost cannot be done with physical infrastructure alone, right? So these types of things, you know, I, th I think it's a matter of socializing, hey, the incremental benefit versus the incremental cost. Uh, maybe maybe having uh, cities, states, departments of transportation, et cetera, think about, you know, again, I know, I know Jason, that, that, you know, in conversations with Austin, that absolutely this is top of mind, but is this top of mind everywhere in the country, right? And uh, so letting kind of, making available that information about hey what is possible and then a lot uh, having having the entities that are making the decisions make the call okay um the last thing i want to ask i don't want to be too open-ended about it and leave you on your own but jason you can go first is there anything i mean talking about federal investment in general the iija specifically um anything important that you think we missed that we haven't talked about yet that you just kind of want to you know you, you think is important to to note about about how we're doing things. You've covered a lot. You've covered a lot of ground, to be honest. So you... I would say that uh, that 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 in the graph that you had, um, the the amount of um, the amount of money that's allocated for ports. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in you know since the pandemic, we realize how how critical our infrastructure is in order to move goods. We've talked a lot about people. Um, people need goods. Uh, and they need goods at, a, at an efficient rate that, that can, you know, sort of hold an affordability index even in, in, in inflationary times like today. Um, so I think that the, one of the things that we didn't talk about that I think is important uh, in this whole, whole scheme of things is that combination of cyber physical. Uh, we didn't really talk about autonomy. Congratulations, guys. We didn't bring that in the middle of our conversation, <laughs> which I think is unique these days. Um, but in that regard, um, how do we how do we really get the goods moving around the United States in the in the ways that we need to that help support people uh, and support their their needs, uh, especially considering that that it could be a trip not taken and a trip not taken helps balance the demand, the supply and demand that we have with our existing transportation system. 
Got it. Rob, I'm going to ask you the same question. Anything else you want to, anything that, that touches your business or, or something that you've noticed that, that you think we need to, uh, might want to address? There's the, there's the dilemma that, that many cities have. Do we build more roads or do we build better transit systems? Well, the infrastructure bill gives us the ability to decide. Do we want to build bigger, better roads, uh, which may be uh, important, uh, or do we want to improve transit? And it's been studied and noted that if people have a viable transit opportunity that lets them leave their car in the garage, jump on a, a light rail train or, or a bus or, or a transit uh, and get there potentially faster without having to navigate traffic and, and all the headaches of driving, that they usually will go that way. So I think um, one of the things I want to stress is as we look at this bill and look at how we're going to leverage this funding, I would say uh, maybe more roads, but also more rail and more transit systems that get people for uh, mobility. Got it. Sajid, uh, next I'll go to you. And I don't want, I, I'm afraid that this is going to sneak preview your ebook too much, but you know, I'm going to let you have the last word on this one. Sure, sure. Thank you. So, uh, so I think in terms of this, uh, where this is going and how this is coming together, right? I do want to say that both the guidance coming out of uh, the public sector, uh, you know, this tying together of, and I've, I've got this actually jotted down, but transportation, safety, the economy, climate, and delivering all these outcomes that are tied to transportation. You can imagine kind of a Venn diagram that, you know, uh, one thing overlaps the other and they all work synergistically. Delivering all this with equity, right? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Pete Buttigieg mentioned in the South by Southwest uh, sort of keynote, uh, the wrong side of the tracks is in our vernacular for a reason, right? So keeping that sort of uh, lens in mind as we deliver all this, and I'm just, I've just been, this has been ex an exciting time working with with cities, with states, with, with uh, folks like Rob, uh, just, just sort of brainstorming what to do, where, where to go, how to, how to unfold this thing, and uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm on a nightly talk show, uh, read the ebook. Yeah, right. there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. And like you said, by the time that this airs, uh, it'll be available. It should right, be a available. Link, if it's a not, link you right can, below you where you listening. Me down. Absolutely. Um, you know, usually I plug people's uh, websites or Twitter handles or something like that here, Rob, but I'm going to let you all do it for yourselves if that's okay. Um, Rob, where can people learn more about what Dell is doing for uh, it, for cities and uh, state and local governments, things like that? Sure. Just go onto the Dell website and search for state and local government, and you'll be directed to various portions of the Dell website that are focused on how we support our state and local government customers. I don't have a direct link to share, but just search, no search on state and local and you'll find it. That sounds good. I'll make sure I, I'm active on Twitter doing that. Jason, how about you? If we can go to the City of Texas website, I know there's some pretty good resources there. City of Austin, sorry. Certainly, uh, and a lot of places to go once you get there, but I would start with austintexas.gov. You can search smart city or smart mobility. You'll find your your way to, to our, our side of the, the web sphere in that. And then from that, you can reach out and find all kinds of things, including our open data portal related to scooters, for instance, and all of the micro mobility miles that are, that are being generated in Austin uh, that are all done electric and without a car. Uh, and so, you know, definitely uh, just, you can even just Google Austin and smart city or smart mobility and you'll get there too. Yeah, and Sajid, I know your website's got a, a lot of information about that too. Right, so it's intel.com and you can search for either smart cities or transportation. Uh, the ebook will be posted there. It may take a couple of weeks is what I'm hearing from when this airs, uh, but I'll also be posting it to LinkedIn if you care to pick it up there. And, and folks, I just wanna say that, that while I was doing my pre-show research, 
um, and, and looking up what each of these guys do, there was some really good resources. I mean, I know, um, uh, Sajid, we've been talking for a long time, but, but Rob, I looked on Dell's site about specifically what you do. And there's a lot of resources and examples of, you know, uh, you know, customer stories and testimonials and things like that. And, and, and Jason, I know that Sajid talked about Vision Zero. And then there's some examples about some information about that on the Austin website. So if you want to learn any more about what we've talked about, it's pretty easy to find. I found it and I, I found it really interesting. So, um, OK, so. Folks, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're watching and listening. It'll help get the word out. And to learn more about HMH, the Transportation Transformation Agency, visit hmhagency.com or find us on all the usual social media platforms. Jason, Sajid, Rob, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. you very much. All right, everybody. For Jason John Michael, Rob Silverberg, and Sajid Khan, I'm John Halpin. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode of HMH's Future of Transportation podcast.